Hello and welcome to Curiosity Killed the Cat. I'm your host, Sarah, and this episode is going to be all about The Mandalorian, Chapter 21, Episode 5. This one is titled The Pirate. And we have pirates. We have Captain Tiva's back. We have uh, the New Republic again. Uh, more of the inner workings, uh, seeing that this... Uh, this whole new situation with the New Republic isn't uh, going quite as smoothly as one would hope that the New Republic would be would be going. Um, what else do we have here? A bow gets to take off her helmet. She's a super special Mandalorian now. She gets to take off her helmet. And uh, we see at the very end of this episode, we get uh, a very creepy uh, ship crash extraction something uh captain tiva goes and sees uh that moff gideon's transport has been compromised so uh let's just get into this spectacular episode shall we Okay, so before I get into this episode, I was told by my 7-year-old that I need to let my podcast friends uh, know that he built me a really cool Lego, and he really honestly did. Um, I was outside on the patio doing garden stuff uh, yesterday, and um, out of nowhere, he came out through the screen door, and um, he had built a Lego, kind of on like a square, probably like 10 by 10, like Lego sheet, like the kind that you could put down, and the whole sheet is like the little Lego knobs or whatever they're called. So anyways, um, the first thing I noticed was Anakin and Obi-Wan, uh, kind of like both leaning into each other and they both had lightsabers. Uh, Obi-Wan this time had a green lightsaber, so good for him. And, um, he had like put like a, like a black ship on it and he explained to me that it was obviously Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting on Mustafar in the lava. Um, the way he says Mustafar, he has a lisp, so it's really cute the way he says Mustafar. Um, he said that they were fighting on Mustafar and that the ship had crashed and there was pieces of the ship crash uh, all over Mustafar. So, um, yeah. So I thought that was really cool and it was really awesome and it really sweet. And I was like, okay, awesome. I have this really cool Lego piece that he built me now. And then he was like, um, are you going to podcast tonight? And I was like, I should be podcasting tonight, but we'll see. And he goes, okay, you tell your friends about this. And I was like, oh, okay, I will. So I just wanted to let you guys know that I had a lovely, uh, Mustafar battle Lego piece with, complete with the ship crash, complete with Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting each other, uh, made by my younger son, Levi. So there you go. Uh, let's get into this episode, shall we? All right. So we get this episode opening up on Navarro. We have Grief Karga in the middle of an important meeting, probably having to do with land development, something of the sort. Uh, IG-11's uh, statue is still... 
halfway there. Uh, I'm, I have my screen on pause right now and I'm looking at this image of IG-11 statue and it's missing the whole bust, the face, one of the shoulders, one of the arms. Um, half of this statue is still standing uh, straight up here. Actually, okay, interesting. When we look, okay, I'm looking at IG-11 statue after it's been dismantled, right? That's what Mando did in what the first episode of the season. Um, all that's left on the statue is IG-11's arm and both of his legs. And one thing that just always blows my mind in Star Wars is in Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan goes to cut Anakin down when he has the high ground, that whole thing. He manages to cut off Anakin's good arm and both of his legs. So this is kind of like a mirror of that. Um, I don't know. This has nothing to do with anything. It just made me think for a hot minute. So anyways, moving past the statue of IG-11, um, it's pretty clear that there is some shit going down. Uh, the pirates are back um, uh, here in Navarro. They they were slighted by Mando and Grief Karga in the first episode, and they are back to take over the town. I believe Gorian Shard is the name of the pirate king of Captain Barbosa here. Um, and the pirates come into town. They start um, causing trouble. The big pirate ship starts firing down at the town. And uh, High Magistrate Grief Karga uh, gets a hologram out to none other than uh, everybody's favorite Captain uh, Tiva. And I will get there in just a minute. But um, yeah, we see the, the people of Navarro fleeing the city, fleeing the town. Grief Karga uh, in front of them trying to find a place of refuge while their uh, big city is being taken over. Um, then we get uh, what looks like a, an almost, well, hold on. Grief Karga gets a hologram conversation thing from s the seaweed salad guy. And he's like, I'm taking over your town. And Grief Karga's like, you will not take my town. Anyways, by the end of this episode, the pirates will not have this town. So this is going to wrap up pretty, pretty, pretty quickly here. Um, so his ship starts firing off. The people of Navarro uh, start scattering. And um, yeah, we get this hologram ship to, like I said, the Scarif looking beach, which that's not where we're at. But um, we've got some new Republic Rangers kicking back, playing pool, having a drink, playing whatever whatever billiards they have up in space and um the bartender lady tells captain tiva that he has a a hologram message and he gets the message from grieve karga asking for help on navarro and uh we get none other okay very excited about this i may not be all the way done with rebels but i am far enough into rebels to know that I think it's my favorite animated show in the Star Wars universe. I'm sorry, Clone Wars. Um, we get Zeb. We get Zeb. What's his last name? Aurelius? Aurelius? Um, we get, like, I can't even explain this. It makes my head hurt. Like, they took this animated character and did him so well and so beautifully in in with the cgi that like 
he almost looked like he was really there. Like, we're getting so close to the uncanny valley. It's fucking scary. And let me tell you, I would rather have moments like this where we see certain animated characters maybe come to live action or whatever, rather than, like, so much of the de-aging and going back and, like, you know, I loved when Luke showed up in the second season of Mando. That was, like, that kind of broke my brain. I was like, how do, how does one reconcile this, this Mark Hamill, you know, mixed up with somebody else and they made this version of Luke Skywalker? Like, it was crazy. But by the time we got to Boba Fett, I was like, I am done here. I do not want any more CGI Luke, any more of the AI voice shit or whatever it is that they do. I was done. I had enough. I, 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 we, we know we got our Luke story. We don't need any more of the Luke story. Okay. We got to see him slice and dice the purge troopers going down the hallway with his green lightsaber and his robot hand. And it was fucking amazing and immaculate and beautiful. And I think, you know, in my head, in my world, I'd love to leave it there. You know, I don't think we need any more CGI Luke. Okay. But if they continue to keep freaking making these characters look immaculate like they did with Zeb, I'm excited to see other kind of alien-esque creatures come to life. Like, we always see, like, practical effects-wise, costume-wise, you see a lot of aliens that are the same height as, like, humans and have the same kind of body type. Um, But if we could get more more alien looking weird ass fucking creatures oh my god that just like that just tickles the back of my brain I like it I'm I I was very excited to see Seb I wasn't sure at first if it was him I was like wait a second I just like looked around my bedroom all by myself like looking for somebody to help me but nobody was there um but yeah no he had the credit said Zeb so that was that was beautiful. That was something. I was very, very excited for that. So we see uh, the captain leave um, leave the bar and go into this more, um, I don't know, go into the city of the New Republic. And um, he goes to ask, uh, I don't know, if are we on Coruscant maybe? Are we back to Coruscant? I don't know. We're somewhere where there's a big headquarter office and we get none other than SNL alumni tim meadows the ladies man okay in the flesh um i just feel like when they pick up these certain comedic actors it's so beautiful like amy sedaris tim meadows um we had bill burr i just keep bringing the comedians into star wars because i love it i need it i want it i soak it up i want more of it so he's asking you know hey can we wrangle up some help here and go help out Navarro. Pirates have taken over and the Tim Meadows character is kind of like, "Ah, Navarro, I've never heard of it. We've got other things that we need to deal with, whatever. Long story short, Elia Kane herself walks into the fucking room, okay? And, And Tim Meadows is like, have you heard of Navarro before? She's like, yeah, I've heard of Navarro. They're not part of our, uh, super packed system thing that we have going on and then Tim Meadows is like sorry buddy we have enough planets to help in the system that's part of our super packed deal and Navarro is not so ixnay if nay 
Nona on the Navarre, okay? And, like, I just loved how she just just slinkily walked right in and she was like oh do you I'm going to go to the commissary do you need anything and then it just happened to turn into this dark little bit that we have here because Captain Tiva is still like okay but we can't just let this planet like time is of the essence pirates are taking over we can't just leave them to fend for themselves isn't there something we can do and Elia is like I think it would teach the planet a lesson if we did absolutely nothing and let the pirates ravage it. And that was like, whoo, and Tiva is pissed because he's like, that sounds like the Empire's way of thinking. And let me tell you, it is, okay? Girlfriend is still, has her roots buried deeply into the Empire. And uh, I just appreciated that whole interaction with each other. Then we see Grief Karga and some of the people of Navarro um, kind of wandering out into like the, they look like lava fields, um, or not lava fields, uh, lava fields that aren't full of lava anymore. But this black volcanic kind of rock. They find a little bit of shelter and, um, and they kind of huddle out out there while the pirates are completely ransacking their city. You've got freaking pirates drinking alcohol in the school. And that was like what that was like the whole point of the first episode was that no, you don't get to drink where you want. You don't get to party where you want. You fucking filthy ass pirates. And now they're taking over beautiful Navarro that has been reconstructed, a beautiful bustling fucking planet, and you want to piratize it? No thank you. So Captain Tiva goes off on his own and it's like, all right, if the New Republic's not going to help, maybe I can get some Mandalorians to help me out. And he goes to Mando Beach, Mando Death Beach, we should call it. And uh, he shows up and he's like, listen, he's got his hands in the air. Mandos are fucking, uh, what is the word? What's the word when you're up on the building with the with the gun? You're like uh not an assassin. You're like a, you know, whatever the word is. I hope somebody's screaming into their uh, car right now trying to tell me what it is when, yeah, when the people are up on their roofs and they have the guns, what the fuck are they called? They're called some things. Um, I'm going to move on because I think my brain is breaking. We've got Mando's up on the top. We got Paz Vizla coming out with his big ass fucking setup and he's like get out of here blue clear out here blue we don't want your kind here blue and like <laughs> mando comes out din din Djarin comes out and um and is like this man he he let me go one time so we must help him and uh and anyways uh you we find out that it's the r5 unit is is the reason why the captain was able to find them and uh with that being said whenever their covert is found by an outsider they must find a new place so back in the cave the death beach cave mando dinjarin is trying to uh sell going to help the people on navarro um he says that we can live there it's a beautiful place for us to all live so we help them out we got a new place to live 
everything's going to be cool, right? And then pause. Vizsla comes up to do his speech, and you're thinking he's just going in the opposite direction of Dinjarin, and he's like pointing at, he called, he called Grogu the, the little one, called him something, and eventually turns his speech around and is like, this is why we must fight, because this is the way. So fucking all the Mandos are clapping, they're all hooting and hollering, and they are ready to go take Navarro back, okay? And Bo does the same thing. <laughs> She's got a little hologram map thing set up of Navarro, kind of like how she had the 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 canyon of where that dragon pterodactyl was. She's like, we're gonna load up on this ship. I'm gonna drop you guys off. Din is gonna fuck around in the air, and then I'm gonna fuck around in the air, and we're gonna bring this entire pirate ship all the way down, we're going to push the pirates out of the city, and then we will have a new place for us to live. Okay? Snap, snap. That's basically what happens. Um, they roll up to the city. Uh, Bo's got um, a pack of Mandos in, the <laughs> in her ship in the back of her pickup truck. She drops them off. Um, we've got that vain pirate is like running around in his pirate ship trying to beat, uh, Mando, Mando's firing shots. And, um, my favorite part is when the Mando's, uh, drop into the city and start fighting for the city. Um, we've get the Anzellians, they're like watching this whole fight play out. And, uh, the best thing that happened in this episode was one of the weird fucking monkey creatures in the tree points to like the right direction where the Mandos need to go. Because at one point it wasn't looking so good for the Mandos. Like the pirates were starting to kick some ass and I was like, no way are we going to lose a single Mandalorian over a fucking pirate. It's not going to happen on my watch. Not here, not now. And it didn't happen. So they take over the town. And this is when we get the freaking, uh, it reminded me of the finale of Boba Fett when we were like, whoa, where the fuck did Fennec Shan go? Oh, she was just doing the Godfather move at the end of the episode, freaking wrangling up the, the, the fish people, the pikes, right? Is that what they were called? I think that's what they were called. And the Thorian mayor, Mock Shays or whatever his name was, she had like that, that, big badass ending in the finale, right? And it was just Fennec Shan kicking ass. We have the armorer kicking ass, going up into Grief Karga's office, um, using her hammer, using the tongs, gets up there, retakes, you know, I guess what you would call retaking the bridge, knocks out that Trandoshian, Paz Vizsla is like moving through the city with his big ass gun fucking thing that he has. I don't know what that thing is that he has, but he has to use two arms in order to maneuver it. Um, and they fucking get the pirates out. The ship crashes. Din Djarin takes down uh, the Pirate King ship, which, let me tell you, one thing I appreciated on this pirate ship was that it had, like, a wheel. It didn't look like a wheel wheel with, like, spokes and shit on it, but he still turned it like it was, like, a ship, Okay. And I saw on Twitter, somebody posted a picture of Shmi from Peter Pan and a picture of the little guy that was like, uh, (laughs) 
the pirate king's like right hand man and with a striped shirt and the little red hat he definitely had uh shmi pirate vibes so we were getting captain hook and shmi i loved it it was great it was beautiful uh but that ship went down okay and the city has been retaken uh it's safe for the navarians to go back to where they were and uh the high magistrate grief karga gives this speech about the mandalorians and how they you know are welcome here and blah 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 no more living in the sewers okay they'll be able to live somewhere hopefully a lot better and the episode the second to the last thing that happens in this episode is we get we get beautiful Bo-Katan who's done really well staying in the helmet okay she's taking it off to eat that's all she gets told by Paz Vizsla you need to go talk to the principal and the principal is the armorer, okay? And the armorer calls Bo in and is like, they're talking about the forge. They're talking about how there used to be a bigger, better, badass forge on Mandalore. Like, hello, we're going to be going back to Mandalore. I just know it. And the armorer is like, take off your helmet. And Bo is like, what the fuck? And she's like, take it off. I want to give you a kiss. No, nobody kissed. There was nothing going on here, but it was kind of sexy. Um, and then the armorer is just like, you're the one that's going to lead us. We will walk both ways. And when she leaves the armorer's forge or whatever, and just walks with her in front of the other Mandalorians, everybody's looking at her like, who is this bitch, right? Like, who's the new girl in town? And the armorer is just like, Bo, uh, Bo walks, what does she say? Something about walking both worlds or she walks in between both worlds or something like that. Something kind of cool. I don't know, but she basically says that Bo-Katan is going to be the one to bring all the Mandalorians together and then we're going to go back to Mandalore, which like, it's not much of a prediction, but since the very beginning of the season, I've just been saying, I think like as far as the Mandalorians go, it's going to be about getting as many as they can and going back to their planet and trying to repopulate it, retake it. I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So that happens. Then we get um, at the very tail end of the episode, we have Captain Tiva, New Republic Ranger in a ship. He sees a crash. Okay. Uh, come to find out that anything really having to do with this plane, uh, plane crash i live in i live on earth so we only have plane crashes here this shipwreck which literally looks eerily like an underwater crash the way the gravity is working and everything it looks like when you go into um uh titanic at the beginning of the titanic when you have bill paxton's character and they've got the little underwater droid that's swimming all throughout the titanic and it's all fucking eerie and everything's just still and just suspended in time and just like ooh, it just gives you like the heebie-jeebies a little bit this definitely gave me the heebie-jeebies we had you know people in the ship floating in midair the ship crew everything's a wreck and um what do we find out? There is a rogue piece of Biscar that has been left in this thing. And of course, the guy that Tiva is talking to is like, are you telling me that a Mandalorian Mandalorians took Moff Gideon? And then the episode is just over. So pretty much that is it for the episode. Um, 
we just get this sort of like left on a weird note of like who could have taken Moff Gideon and um I don't know I don't really have any theories if I had any theories I certainly would have zero evidence to back any of it up it would just be a feeling so Maybe there's other Mandos that came and took him. Um, I've seen on Twitter uh, the other day I posted uh, that I like was kind of hoping that we'd get to see Sabine Wren uh, in The Mandalorian. I know she's going to be in Ahsoka. There was a lot of people that commented she's going to be in Ahsoka. I know that. I was talking about The Mandalorian, not Ahsoka. So um, that would be one way to kind of bridge bridge that together. Ha <laughs> ha! Speaking of bridges, Ezra Bridger. Where the fuck is that guy at? Like I said, I have not finished Rebels, but I do know that Ezra Bridger is like somewhere in the universe and we need to figure out where he's at and like that's what's going to be like a big part of the Ahsoka show, so I'm excited for that. Um but I don't really know what Sabine Wren would have to do with extracting Moff Gideon. So like if I'm missing something, it's probably because I haven't seen it yet or my brain just can't put it together. But um, yeah, I don't really have any theories on who took him out. I kind of have a fun theory where I think he might be. I like to think that fucking Moff Gideon has taken a little, a little trip to Exegol to, you know more the cloning shit because we got to get to Snoke. We got to get to Palpatine. We've got to figure out where Grogu is in the mix of all of this. And then we've got Anakin Skywalker who is the same age as fucking Grogu and the midi-chlorians. And I don't know, but my brain's going to explode if I keep thinking about this. So I'm going to stop the episode here. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to yell cut. Okay. Uh, That's this episode of The Mandalorian. I probably left a few things out. For that, I apologize. Uh, There's only like two more days before the next Mandalorian episode comes out. So hopefully, you know, this won't be too antiquated here soon. But uh, thank you for listening to this episode. If you have any theories, go ahead and uh, write me on Twitter. I'm Sarah Palpatine. Uh, That is Sarah with no H. Um... Yeah, if you want to find me on Instagram, same thing. TikTok, same thing. And YouTube, Sarah Palpatine. I'm trying to keep it cohesive here. So uh, yeah, you can find me on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Sarah Palpatine. If you have any cool, fun theories, let me know. I'm interested in hearing them. Um, But yeah, that's this episode of The Mandalorian. So I hope everybody stays healthy, safe, and lovely out there. Don't let the world get to you. There's a lot of crazy shit going on in this country, in this world right now. Just, uh, you know, keep your head on straight, keep an open mind, and don't judge people. Love you. Bye.